0: Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast. Fact or fiction, books are our addiction. I'm Tara.
1: I'm Meredith. I'm Susan.
0: Hey, guys. How are you doing this morning?
1: Hello. Whoa! Because, you know, always daylight savings. (laughs) No. But (laughs) otherwise, um, good, actually. It's been a crazy, busy October um, where... A book event I wanted to go to got canceled. Mwah. <laughs> yeah. It was um, uh, tattered covers um, team book con, um, where it's like a, it's an event just for teens with, with books, but the night before, they have a cocktail hour where adults could go,
2: and mm-hmm. they can like
1: meet the authors and mingle with them. Um, but that's unfortunately, cool. yeah, unfortunately, the event got canceled. So it was kind of oh, a bummer. Oh, that's cool.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but it was, it was nice to see my first grader reading to my mom. Aww. So, you know, great memories were were made, <laughs> you know. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she was over the moon. Like every night we'd come downstairs and Emily would have a book to read and she would snuggle in the beds and, and then, uh, good training. Yeah. And then, uh, she'd be reading with my mom. So it was very, very sweet and something sweet came out of this. <laughs> so how are the rest of you ladies doing? So
0: it's November now, but Halloween just happened. Uh, Halloween, if, if anyone knows me, Halloween is one of my favorite holidays, any excuse to dress up pretty much big one for me. Uh, and we have a giant Halloween, trick or treating event in my neighborhood we did a huge harry potter house theme for that event which we we get like 3000 kids especially uh, specifically and it was especially special this year because Meredith and her husband were here to help us with it and she's here right now yeah <laughs> we almost had all four houses almost almost we were missing a ravenclaw very sad we were very
2: popular. A lot of children wanted to take pictures with us. They're yes. like, oh,
1: Aww, Harry Potter! That's cute. <laughs> it was adorable.
2: It was super cute. Uh, so along with a Harry Potter Halloween, we also saw Elton John live in concert. Amazing. Which was like a bucket list oh, item yeah. for check, both of check, us. Check,
0: check, So good.
2: So good. And uh, we are actually recording a bit early this month because next weekend... Tara and I are going with our bookish friends, Aliza, Michelle, and Naomi, to Y'all Fest, which is this huge young adult book festival that's held in Charleston, South Carolina. So we'll definitely have to report back on that Ooh. in December. It's going to be great. Yes.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. Hey, <laughs> book events. Wish I could Yay. have gone to a book event. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, that's okay. Live
0: vicariously through us, Susan. Just yes. live vicariously <laughs> through us.
1: I do. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: we have all had some stuff going on recently. Have we had any time to read? What have you been reading?
1: <laughs> that's funny you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am still finishing up my books I started in October. <laughs> Well, that's good. You're making progress. So, there, there's been no change. Um, it's just been busy, and we've been – I've been spending more time – like around bedtime is usually a good time for me to read, but I don't right now because we're doing reading time with Emily. It's like part of her homework, you know, 20 minutes of reading from her reading bag. So that's been actually taking up a lot of the extra time. Extra – I put that in quotes – time I have. <laughs> um but I, I am making progress. Like, um I'm almost done with Cersei. I got I literally have like just like a quarter of an inch of book left. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So we'll expect a full report on Cersei uh
1: for the December episode then. Yep. Yeah. People cool. are curious about what I think. Like I think this book is just like not what people expected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Know? I'm excited. Yeah. So I, I'm i with you, Susan.
0: It's been a terrible book month for me. <laughs> um, o- Octobers are busy. Octobers are busy, I, especially for me. It, it's my big travel time for work. Mm-hmm. So I always have – I always struggle to find the time in between to uh, finish a book. I've started a bunch. <laughs> and that counts? It c- <laughs> totally counts. And I'm loving the books. I started um, The Kingdom of Copper, which, yes – uh, for those of you who listen to last month's podcast, I can say that as predicted, there is a new POV.
2: Ooh, Ooh
0: yeah, it, it's so good so far. And I also started Trail of Lightning, which is a freaking roller coaster ride, and I love it. Oh,
2: I'm so excited to hear that. Yeah. I wa- I wonder who gave you that amazing book recommendation. Oh my god, I don't know who it could be. <laughs> Mayor. <laughs> oh, I'm, but I'm glad to hear that because it's the premise sounded really cool. And so now that makes me even more excited to pick it up. Hopefully next year. Yeah. I'm,
0: I'm hoping to finish both of these before
2: I start the next, uh, BC book club
0: book, uh, because that book's mine. So I need to finish that. And I want to be able to finish these yeah. two in you, November as you, well. You kind
2: of have to do that. I do. <laughs> I do.
0: It's sort of
2: a necessary thing, but I'm excited. I'm excited about all three. Well, for me, in honor of Nonfiction November, which we're going to talk a little bit more about in a few minutes, I am currently reading Code Girls, the untold story of the American women, uh, Code Breakers, who helped win World War II by Liza Mundy, and I'm listening to that via audiobook. I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, I'm not too far into it yet, but the book started with this larger overview of the war, and then goes into some individual codebreaker stories. And now she's actually going a little bit back in time to World War One, And is giving us a story about a woman and her husband who worked for this eccentric millionaire. And then they were commissioned by the government to help break codes during the war. Interesting. Yeah, it is. It's actually really, really cool. Did you know that there was like 20,000 codebreakers employed by the federal government during World War Two, And 11,000 of them were women.
1: That's awesome. Nope, because all the movies have
2: been about men. Oh, but my gosh.
1: <laughs> There's – oh, sorry. I, the, I watched a show that centered around, like, a group of coding women.
2: Isn't that, that from that
1: the BBC? Like uh, yes, yeah, I, I did see that on oh, my. It was really
0: good. Amazon Prime, <laughs> I think. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was really good. It, so, uh, yeah, it was. Oh, it's on so my odd. list of things to watch. Yeah, no, oh, I, cool. I, I've heard good things about that mm-hmm. show.
2: Yeah, so there I was There's definitely British code breakers too. They talk a tiny bit about that in kind of the overall part, but since this is about the Americans, Americans um, and really most of it, they were sworn to complete secrecy even after the war, and so now as things are kind of easing up with. You know, those well, kinds of things. And the Sunshine
0: Laws things happen. Yeah. Eventually, you're allowed to talk about things. Right. Things get des- declassified. Exactly. We can now talk about, which is very interesting. Right? And yep. so
2: now we get to learn all this cool new history that we didn't even know we were missing. <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe this will help you, ladies, too. I know it's going <laughs> to help me. Oh, yes get some more reading in before the end of the year. We want you to save the date because we're hosting our 11th hour readathon Yay. that in December to help you squeeze in that last book or two by the end of the year. You know, we all want to hit our goals, right? <laughs> it's yes. going to run it's going to run for 24 hours from 8 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturday, December 21st through Sunday, December 22nd. So go ahead and mark your calendars, everyone. And it's everyone. a good
0: excuse to, like, take some time away from family like, during yes. Christmas time to just have a little bit of alone time, read yes. time. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. Meet me time, read me time. time. Self-care. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just Self-care. use the 11 hour readathon as the excuse. Yeah. No, it's I I just checked. I am 3 books behind my goal. <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. So, uh, yeah. This will this will be nice.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it is more laid back than our eclectic readathon that we hold in the summer. So there's not going to be like any of the scavenger hunts and you're not like getting points. But we will be posting a few check-in questions on our Instagram, Twitter, and Litzy pages. And for any U.S. participant who records how many hours they read with their phone's stopwatch app, and then posts a screenshot of it with the hashtag Eleventh Hour Readathon, will be entered into a drawing to win their choice of one of the books we read on the podcast this year. Yay! So, hey, yay. you might even win a book. And we read some good
1: stuff this year. We did. We did I agree? So we have A lot of different ones.
2: Yeah, it is.
1: It's it's a nice.
2: It's a nice eclectic mix of how do you say so much, (laughs) but a bunch. Uh, So we hope that you'll join us for that. Now, we are in November now, and apparently, did you know that nonfiction November was a thing? I didn't, but I do now. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't either. Um, I just saw a lot of people talking online about prepping their nonfiction TBRs for nonfiction November. I was like, okay, let me see what this is. (laughs) So I did a little Google searching and found out that it's organized by the Federal Federation of Children's Book Groups in the UK. But like, I don't know, a lot of booktubers and bookstagrammers have just, like, started participating, too. But it's a good reason to get some nonfiction books off of your TBR that maybe you wouldn't have picked up otherwise. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought it, this would be a perfect time for us to talk about the nonfiction genre. <laughs> um, are you, ladies, a fan of nonfiction?
1: Oh, I'm a kind of. Does that make any sense? <laughs> That makes total Um, sense. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it depends on the kind... Because nonfiction is actually really broad, right? Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. There's like educational, there's just informational. And um, lately, there's been a lot of the political books that have been coming out, um, the insider stuff. um, There's the memoirs, the autobiography. Like, there's so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in general, I find them too long. (laughs) I always mm. wish a nonfiction book in general, not usually memoirs, um, but the rest I usually find them a little too long for me. I'm like, this could have been shorter, um, right? Uh, but when I do find a good nonfiction, I'm glad I read it. Uh, but I still gear more towards fiction. So
0: See, yeah. I, I really feel the length thing in the educational ones, like the self mm-hmm. help books. Yeah, I never think you need that many pages to get a point across to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Either I'm going to accept it before that or I'm going to find this too long. I, I find them, you know, the only self-help book I've really loved is The Four Agreements. And The Four Agreements is all of maybe 45 pages. And it, it it's the tiniest yes. little thing. Which, by the way, if you haven't read The Four Agreements, highly recommend. It's a fantastic book. <laughs> it sounds
2: like you'll read it quickly if you need to get a, another you book. A two-year yeah. challenge. I think I read it
0: in like an hour and a half
2: guys nice. yeah no lie Just <laughs> but that's nice because then you got this this chunk of new information that mm-hmm. you can work with so i wonder if that's more of like a publishing thing or they're like we need this to be longer i, I think know. it's
1: and- a publishing thing because there's like people put in like a lot of case studies and anecdotal things and it's like you mm. really didn't need this much you know yeah Hmm. And, and the nice thing about the foreground is, is it really
0: is like immediately applicable. Like I finished reading that book and I immediately applied the concepts. Oh, that's the best kind of book. (laughs) Yeah. It was really great. Um, But for me in general with nonfiction, it's always a struggle between time and interest. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I am interested in some nonfiction, right? There are great memoirs and great pieces that I definitely want to read, but as Listeners who have listened to this for a while know, I am not great at getting through a long list of books. So when I do read, I prefer to read for escapism.
2: Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: So nonfiction always somehow ends up on the back burner. Yeah. And typically what I get recommended is memoirs. So Mm -hmm. the memoir has to be particularly interesting for me to pick it up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What what I've been trying to do to get a little more nonfiction into my life is doing it via audiobooks because I pretty much always like to have one audiobook on deck. So when I'm doing chores or whatever, I have something to listen to. Um, But I'm the same way. I mean, it's like "Mm," even even if the nonfiction sounds interesting, if I have the option of this nonfiction or like this fantasy that I've been wanting to read – I'm probably going to pick the fantasy and that's not to say that the nonfiction isn't good. That's just, that's just how I've read. Yeah. And so I'm trying to make a more conscious effort to read more nonfiction.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: So then, um, as Susan was saying, there are so many different types within this nonfiction genre. Um, do you have any that you specifically enjoy? when you do read them <laughs> so it's funny because i did say i typically read memoirs
0: mm-hmm.
2: which is true i mean
0: that's absolutely 100 percent true but i think my favorite nonfiction book i maybe have ever read is blood at the root mm-hmm. uh which we did do an episode on the episode of for that book is episode 31 and then we did another episode with the author which mm-hmm. was fantastic which is yeah. Uh, episode 37. So if you haven't listened to that and end up reading this book, I highly recommend to go back and check those out. But that is much more of an investigative nonfiction, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the podcast serial, but in book form, except Mm -hmm. it touches on a very real epidemic in our country, um, racial cleansing. And it was phenomenal. Yeah, We stumbled essentially onto that book when Meredith, you and I
2: went to Book Riot Live and saw him... He would, yeah it was a really great talk and we we're like what is this book and then it, it was also it piqued our interest because it it happened very close to where you live now yeah it did in atlanta so like an hour away right Terrifying. So it was like whoa what what is he talking about we need yeah. to read this book so i i
0: think part of it is that i live in my own echo chamber too mm-hmm. i get recommendations for memoirs but i don't get a lot of invest, uh, investigative nonfiction
1: mm-hmm.
0: books, because I just don't know a lot of people who are reading them. But I do think based on my real interest in mm-hmm. Blood at the Root, that I would love them if I could get them. If so, you knew what they were. What they were, what some were. <laughs> so hey, listeners, if you have any
2: recommendations for me for investigative nonfiction, send them my way. would love to get more. So I, I agree, Tara. I feel like I have Mostly read memoirs because it's been kind of an easy entry point into nonfiction for me, especially because they're so great on audio. And I always like to pretty much have an audiobook on hand to listen to when I'm doing chores or other things like that. Yeah. So um especially if they're read by the author, I feel like that's that just gives you like this little extra like specialness. <laughs> um, but with that said, I really do reading books. Uh, that like teach me a little bit of right, something, right? right? Um, Whether it's some something in history that I don't know much about, like Code Girls, like I'm listening to now, or um, some other type of educational uh, type of uh, book. And there's been a couple of memoirs that were an interesting hybrid of both of those. Um, Lab Girl and H is for Hawk. Both are memoirs, but like in Lab Girl, you're learning about botany because she's a scientist and I don't know much about botany. (laughs) And then in H is for Hawk, she is a falconer. And so you are following her along in her point in life when she is training a goshawk. And so I found those really interesting because I don't know much about either one of those things. But it wasn't just... It wasn't as dry, I guess, because right. you're getting their life experiences with it. It's a mix of the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, but educational books don't always have
0: to be dry. It's true. You know, the Mary Roach books, mm-hmm. like Bonk, which has been a historical favorite <laughs> among the eclectic <laughs> readers, uh, it is so fun. You can mm-hmm. do it in a good way. You can. And get information across without it just being, like, essentially a 400-page research paper.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Th- yes. Those exist.
1: I'm sure they do. Those would be so exciting to read. (laughs) Um, Well, for me, um, I think I'm right there with you, Meredith. I do enjoy memoirs, especially an audiobook. Um, It's just fascinating, especially if the author is actually reading it, right? The person Mm -hmm. uh, who's reading, like um, Becoming Michelle Obama's memoir. Oh, yeah. I need to read that. Yeah, she, and she narrated, read her book the audiobook. So good. <laughs> so interesting. Um, but y- there are times when I'm like, oh, that seems interesting. Um, so I'll read it. Uh, but usually I'm kind of, I'm, I'm okay with them. I, I like them. I don't know if I'll, I'll uh, necessarily enjoy them. Um,
2: so it's like a safer bet to go with
1: memoirs. Yeah. Memoirs <laughs> is usually the safer bet. Um, like I read one of Bill Nye's books. I can't, I can't remember the title right now, um, but it was it was interesting, especially since he was narrating his own book. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, uh eh, it, it was good. It was good. It <laughs> um, you know. was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, ever since you know having kids, I have read parenting books. Mm, um, yeah, and some of them have been very interesting, very helpful. Uh, some of them have not. I think they were not helpful <laughs> to put it <Yes>. nicely yes. <laughs> um so yeah i think in the past few years i've been kind of broader broadening my non-fiction um palette a little bit more mm-hmm. well yep. that's good so what are
2: some of your favorite nonfiction books
0: well i've talked about a bunch already so i won't bring those back up again <laughs> Um, But on top of that, Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl. I've talked about that before on the podcast uh, by Carrie Brownstein. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Talking about a great audiobook uh, because it's about her time in her band. Mm. So there's a lot of in-between where you get music and raw music. And it's just so fun to listen to. But, um, yeah, you know, we haven't talked about this yet, but there are a lot of great graphic novels that are nonfiction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this, I love this book. It's called, it's a bird by Stephen T. Siegel. It's an autobiographical book that, uh, chronicles Siegel's thoughts as he tries to work out. Um, he gets hired essentially to write for Superman Mm. and he finds it so boring and he's really trying to work through how to write for this character that is just, almost set in stone mm-hmm. while dealing with his family secret of having Huntington's disease oh, wow. coming out and coming to the forefront oh, of his wow. life. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it, it's, it's juxtaposing these two big things, this big career milestone mm-hmm. and this very scary, terrible disease that's happening in the background that's coming. While he's writing a character that's pretty much invincible. And exactly. Right. Right. It is. And it, it's again, it's called it's a bird and it is phenomenal.
1: That's been on my TBR for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's written in graphic novel format. Yes. Interesting. Wow. Mm. Nice. Um, no- well, I have a few. Um, one I will always recommend to anybody. And and to preface, he came out with a junior novelization of this book. Oh, really? Yes. is Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. It is... Amazing. Yeah.
2: I've heard great things about <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about a good audiobook
1: it, memoir, right? Uh. <laughs> so good. It's so funny, but like so eye opening. Yeah. Um, just how he had to grow up and how he had to live. And it's just like, and yet he found humor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was this sassy boy growing up in South Africa during apartheid. It's like, oh man. Right. That's rough. Um, but I highly recommend this memoir. Um, he narrates it so well. And like I say, he came out the, like a junior novelization for it, which I think is adorable.
2: Yeah. And I think that's so. great. Like, that's a great way to get younger people into Absolutely. nonfiction. Yes. Yeah.
1: Actually, without, they do that. No, oh, go ahead. No, just without it being too heavy. Because yes. there's definitely some heavy stuff in the book. <laughs> yes. Um, And just in general, they've been encouraging that more and more in the schools. Like some of the books that Emily would bring home is a nonfiction book. Like she has a book like how, you know, what's a caterpillar, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, they really encourage more (laughs) nonfiction-y stuff, which I think is great. I think that's kind of part of the problem. Like I don't, I know we got nonfiction stuff growing up, but I don't know to that extent, like read this nonfiction for free time, you know? Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Not just in school Mm -hmm. um another memoir i read was i am malala oh Mm. yeah so good again so interesting um where she grew up and how she just impacted a country is really good yeah um and then a fun one eat shoots and leaves i read this years ago and it's about how punctuation matters It does. Team (laughs) Oxford comma all the way. Yes, she even talks about that in the book. Um, It's like, it matters where the punctuation goes. So it's a really fun book um, to read and kind of, you know, expand your knowledge on punctuation and why it matters. (laughs) And um, I just have to throw in a parenting book in there for all those parents. Um, They're Wonder Weeks. It's one of the best books I've read about kids or babies. Um, They did all this research and found that there are times in a a baby's development where they will just go nuts and you have no idea why. And this book explains why and actually the timeline of when it will probably happen. Yes. I remember my sister being like, Oh yeah, we're, we're in a
2: wonder week right now. Yep. You
0: know what I like about that? It's an, it's a book that tells you there is a light at the end of this yeah. tunnel. Yes. And, and it's very explicit. Like, yeah, you feel crazy right now, but guess what? It's going to stop. I promise. Yeah, exactly. It's
1: not forever. <laughs> it's super, super helpful. Cause I'll be reading ahead. I'm like, Oh, Oh, it's month three. Okay. It's, Oh, it's week 20. Okay. Like, it's like, I know what's coming. <laughs> Let me prepare myself now. Dun,
2: dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so going along with memoirs um um two that I really like by jenny Lawson they're called let 's Pretend this Never Happened and furiously happy mm. they They are hilarious um, She got really popular with her blog where she just has the craziest stories it's just it, it's it's so funny. she is hilarious, but then she also talks about her mental health struggles her her um other health struggles. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a nice blend of that. So it's not just all funny, it's not just all serious. serious? Yeah. Mm. And she does the audiobook narration and it's you'll be cracking up if if, if you <laughs> okay. if you read it. They're there really I. good. Um and she's also really fun to follow on social media and she's opening up an independent bookstore in Texas. Mm. So she she's a very cool person. Uh and graphic novel memoirs Woo! yay um the march series by john lewis my congressman right <laughs> it's, um, oh, those are so good they are very good and also talking about stuff that would be good for kids um it it does get serious i mean obviously the civil rights movement was uh there was some mm. some stuff that happened but it's um, history it's it important is. to know exactly you don't want to you know we, we all remember need right. We all mm-hmm. need to remember what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were great. If you're looking for yep. um, some graphic novels to read, and um, yeah, you can't go wrong with Mary Roach if you no. want to learn a lot about a very specific subject, like corpses. <laughs> right. So I think of the ones I've read of hers, I have loved Grunt: The Curious Science of Humans at War. Mm, that one I haven't me. read. That you should. It was good. <laughs> So those are my picks. Now, do you have any that are on your TBR right
1: now that you're like, oh, I've been meaning to read this nonfiction? I actually don't have that much. Um, I do have It's a Bird. It's been on my TBR for an eternity. (laughs) Read Um, it. It's worth it. (laughs) But I think that with nonfiction, like I have to be interested in that moment and then pick it up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to just put it on my TBR and just have it sit because it's like, "Mm, actually, I don't think it's that interesting to read you know because it's Mm -hmm. like oh I don't know if it's going to be too long-winded I don't know if it's going to be too like anecdotal and like there's not enough research behind it like I I, for me nonfiction has to be more of like a spur of the moment type of pick Okay, yeah but I do have oh go ahead no I was going
0: to say I just somewhat agree with you like I typically if I'm interested in
1: nonfiction and I don't pick it up right away it's just going to sit on my TBR Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but two I did uh, find recently that I put on my TBR was Art Matters by Neil Gaiman. Um, And this is a type of nonfiction that's more like, um, I don't know, anthology. Like it's a collection of essays and thoughts and things Mm -hmm. of why creativity matters. um, And it's all illustrated and stuff. Um, So it really caught my eye. It's like, I need to pick that up. (laughs) Are essay books nonfiction? I would. I would think probably so. consider
0: them nonfiction. Yeah. Interesting. So I hadn't. Oh. When discussing this, I do love an essay book. Mm, I do mm-hmm. love an essay book. Yeah, they're short and they're
1: interesting. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did put essays into nonfiction as well. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess you're right. Just hadn't thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, Introvert Power by Laurie, A. Helgo. Um, Bec- you know, nerd love is in fashion nowadays mm-hmm. um, and, you know, Hugo and all that. <laughs> and me being an introvert, I am. It fascinates me because it's like, oh, everybody's talking about being an extrovert. But also, I just finished reading Quiet, um, which is another book um, kind of researching introverts and like what they have to offer to the world and things. And mm-hmm. I kind of mm-hmm. want something to kind of compare with, basically. Yeah, cool. You know? hmm so, uh, sticking with my theme
0: of liking musical memoirs, <laughs> uh, I recently added horror stories by Liz fair onto my TBR, which I'm really oh. excited to read of her good things about. Um, also a big, you know, mental health mm. relationship mm-hmm. struggles are in, supposed to be in there. Uh, so prep for that. Uh, in the dream house is a memoir that's coming out by Carmen Maria Machado.
2: Yep who we've
0: read before. Uh, she did, um, her body and other parties, which was phenomenal. Great short story book. So uh, it's supposed to be talking about, if you remember that book, there was a lot of, uh, allusions to a abusive relationship.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's
0: supposed to be talking about that. Right. And her actual experience. Because
2: yeah, we, we don't talk about same sex, Mm -hmm. abusive relationships very much, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in the world. Uh, Yeah. And everybody who's read an arc has
0: been absolutely over the moon about it. Yeah. So I do want to pick that up. And then a a little bit of a left field one, but (laughs) yours for probably always, Martha Gellhorn's Letters of Love and War from 1930 to 1949, uh, edited by Janet Somerville. A book of letters. A book of letters. and Mm. I know that's not always the most popular thing, (laughs) but... This has, like, 4.4 stars on Goodreads. Wow. And it just came out recently,
2: so, you know. You know what? A book of letters can be done well. 84 Charing Cross Square, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um, the letters between a patron of the bookstore and that bookstore. For right. Over, like, decades. And, oh, my gosh, it, like, made me tear up. It was it's so sweet. Cute. Yeah, they so can be sweet. really good. Yeah. Uh, so, those those are my three. Okay, well... One that I have on mine is called The Black Count, Glory, Revolution, Betrayal, and the Real Count of Monte Cristo by Tom Rice. Mm. Um, So we know The Count of Monte Cristo was written by Alexandra Dumas. 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 But did you know the count was based on his father who was – Haitian and a slave before he came to France and worked his way up the ranks. I did not. Yeah, no, I do. And I think some stuff went down with Napoleon.
0: Interesting.
1: (laughs) Of course.
2: (laughs) So, right? Like when I saw this, I was like, I had no idea Mm -hmm. the things you don't know and you can
1: educate yourself on because
2: nonfiction books exist. Yes, they do.
1: (laughs) I mean, I feel like those are the, the nonfiction authors like goal right like I want to educate people on this subject matter you know and just to touch a few people I'm sure is like really nice for them because nonfiction doesn't get a lot of love sometimes yeah truth but what is truth
2: what is oh goodness
1: (laughs) what is truth what is beauty
2: what is
0: what is love (laughs) what is life (laughs) we're clearly talking about our main read
1: now (laughs) because it addresses all those things (laughs) Um, so we, let's go into like a pretend biography, shall we? Yes. Yes. What did Um, we read this month, Susan? We read Orlando by Virginia Woolf. And it's a fictional biography of a person called Orlando who lives over 300 years from Queen Elizabeth's reign in the 16th century through to King Edward's reign in 1928, the year Virginia Woolf wrote the novel. In the beginning of the book, Orlando is a nobleman who has literary ambitions. As a man, he writes plays and poems every day of his life while courting some of his generation's most beautiful women. Everything changes when he turns into a woman. For, and for the remainder, Wolf draws comparisons between the thought process of men and women across the different eras. So before we dive in, what was one thing that stood out to you in this book?
0: So it's... Totally revolutionary, right? Yeah. In the way it discusses gender and acceptance of self. I mean, take one of my favorite plays of all time, mm-hmm. right? Twelfth night as a perfect example. Or or you could use other changeling books or plays where gender is switched. Mm-hmm. It always ends with the truth being revealed that this person was actually this gender the entire time, mm-hmm. right? It it really um it, it reinforces the binary belief on gender whereas this work is totally the opposite 100 Mm -hmm. the opposite it's not just about gender it's about acceptance that gender is not singular it doesn't stay singular Mm -hmm. that
2: gender and self evolve throughout time in this book yeah yeah like well, Susan when you picked it I I've never read Virginia Woolf and Mm -hmm. so when I looked at the description I was like Whoa, we were like getting to like gender <laughs> fluid, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, when was this written? Like, just, this just is mm-hmm. so wolf, yeah, like, so wolf, right? Um, but, but to have this come out in the 20s, 1920s, right. exactly,
0: it, yeah, no, it's so wolf in a personal way, yeah, but like, yeah, I agree for it to be written, mm hmm,
2: right? Big steps, um, that so I completely agree, Tara. Um, I will say. I have now learned that, uh, and maybe this is Virginia Woolf in general, or maybe just classics. I should have known better. Um, But (laughs) you need to take your time with a book like this um, (laughs) and maybe not squeeze it into reading in four days because you need to record a podcast episode discussion on it.
0: Um, (laughs) It's okay, Meredith. It um, happens.
2: Because I was like, oh, it's so short. It's fine. I'll get it done. And it was it was tough because it's <laughs> dense. It's something that you should take in in small bites mm-hmm. and really process. But when you're having to speed read it, um, I would not recommend. So listeners don't do what I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did that in the audio book way. So <laughs> you're not alone. Yeah. I was finishing up the sparrow for my local book club and then I was going to tackle this one. Um, I'm I'm right there with you. I was like, oh, I needed more time for this. But yeah, I I still got stuff out of it. It's okay. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, But, but you have to when you're especially
0: for this time period, the the word choices and sentence structure are so. Specific and pointed, and if you can't take the time to let that sort of thing breathe, Mm -hmm. let your brain process Mm -hmm. some of it, Mm -hmm. you can lose some of it in. Yeah, it's not as edible as our current books are.
2: This was not a young adult book. I don't know what
0: I was thinking. (laughs) Uh, It happened. Just not tired. Could have gone fast.
1: Yeah, that's very true. I mean, that's the thing, though, right? She put in so much into a short amount of pages. Mm -hmm. um so kind of start
2: for being so
1: short there is yeah there's a lot going on (laughs) there was a lot yeah for sure um so starting with the writing style uh, because i did some reason i was like oh this is like i need to i need to actually like research this book (laughs) Mm -hmm. as you do with classes you do yep i was like oh this is this is a super researchy book which is okay um and I learned that she was poking fun of the quote stodgy historical biographies of the Victorian era end quote. Um, and also to note, the biographer is apparently male. Um, mm-hmm. But so I've learned like, Virginia Woolf she actually like took the style of how these people wrote and copied it for this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not read any. Yeah, see, see that's,
2: that's the thing. Maybe, maybe we would have gotten more from, but if if we were familiar with that era of biography,
1: right? Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it,
2: it's funny because um, you can clearly
0: tell it's a satire, yeah. even though I have not read any stodgy male satire uh, uh, biographies <laughs> of that era. Um, but it's it's really funny. Gertrude Stein also did a really weird take. On a biography, like a kind of like a fake. It was bi- a fake biography yeah. for her wife partner. Um, it ended up being an autobiography about her. And I just wonder, was there really like this? There must have been this epidemic of stodgy male biographers that the female writers just couldn't help but like sort of like poke at. Right. A little bit. They were
2: finally getting the point where they had a little bit. Yeah, a little of bit the... of
0: yeah, freedom. <laughs> right. Freedom to be like poking the bear. Right. <laughs> poking it. Let's see what happens. Yeah.
1: Oh. Oh. You're gonna, you're gonna spend like. Five paragraphs on a thought. Okay, here's my five paragraphs on the thought. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's just like oh, because like now I want to read like another Virginia Wolf book, only to see like oh, this is her actual. You know what I mean? Like oh, wildly yeah. different, right? Okay. Yeah. Other books right. are
2: wildly different.
1: That's good to know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's um, that was my thought. Like oh, so her other books must be different from this book. Mm-hmm. I-, I will um, say her the her, the way she writes, like mm-hmm. the um. The way she uses words
0: and sentences, that sort of thing, if you enjoyed the lyricalness of certain sentences, mm-hmm. that's still very Wolf and very of okay. that time mm-hmm, period.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, her writing is just gorgeous. Yeah. Yep.
2: I, You know, I did kind of like those sections where the biographer would break the fourth wall and kind of talk to you a <laughs> little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, or like at one point they'd be like, you know what, this is getting, this is going to be like really boring. So we're just going to skip over this. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's a dig. Like, there's right. got to be a dig exactly. there for a specific mm-hmm. like person One that like went way too, too long. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: just like, yeah. like this. You I wish there was like a parentheses. Cough. This author cough. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's got
0: to be an annotated version somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure. That, I mean, this book has been researched to death. Like, yeah, a lot of talk study about has gone into research this book. papers. I'm
2: sure we could find a you know, theses on it or something. Got to
0: hit Lexus Nexus, man. Got to hit that (laughs) Lexus Nexus. Uh,
1: So, um, when Orlando is 30, he, Mm -hmm. he changes into a woman. Um, why did Wolf decide to change Orlando's sex? I mean, she's our, she, before that she was already expressing her view on society Were there things she just couldn't with Orlando only as a man? Like he couldn't like be talking to a woman lover and be like, oh, this is what they're experiencing. Like Mm -hmm. she wanted him to like experience it.
0: So I don't think this book is about society and maybe that's my personal take, but I think this book is much what I took away from it is much more about truth of the individual truth of an individual and society while it plays a huge role in this book uh is really just something that inserts itself upon the inv- individual to make Orlando question herself uh interesting enough we were reading an article from Vulture was it Vulture mm-hmm. um and we which totally this totally makes sense by the way we discovered that a lot of people believe that this book is essentially just a love letter to mm-hmm. her lover Vita Sackville Sackville West Mm -hmm. Uh, Who was a bisexual? She was married. She had kids, um, and they were lovers for about three years. Uh, Vita's son claims that this book is essentially, and this is a quote, the longest and most charming love letter in literature. So it's about his mom, is -hmm. what he's saying, and that uh, and and, and sort of Virginia's perception Mm -hmm. of of his mother.
2: Yeah, it was it was interesting and and you do see society play a role in different ways throughout the book because it spans so many monarchies so many different eras um and sometimes it was hard to tell where we were even um mm-hmm. but it it, it yeah it was interesting because it seemed and, – and maybe it was because he was a man and he didn't know. But it seemed like in the earlier years, things were a little more loose. And then once you get into what, like the Victorian years and things yeah. like that, um, things seemed to be a little more stodgy, a little more controlled. Or is that just because Orlando was then a woman and hence there was more control uh, over her? A
0: woman her. plus yeah. the fact that it was Victorian times plus yep. the fact that it was – absolutely.
1: yeah. Because he's talking about like even putting on women's clothes right mm-hmm. and like all the layers and things that like kept him con- kept like, him constricted. yeah bind you yeah. yeah it's like Literally. yeah i'm glad i'm not <laughs> not living in that time <laughs> give me all the comfy clothes <laughs> right yeah Ugh. don't take my pants away <laughs> oh seriously nope give me all the pajama pants and the like oversized sweaters take those any day <laughs> um so, kind of with that, was it important for Orlando to start as a man? Like, could could it have been reversed? Like, Orlando was a woman and then became a and then changed into a man later on. So, I think it was pretty necessary for the time that
0: Orlando yeah. starts as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> most of the critics are male, if not all of the critics are male. Um, it gave male readers and critics something to latch onto, and sort of you know hid the feminist agenda maybe a little bit. Like, at least until it. you're like invested into yeah, the yeah book. you're invested in there <laughs> and the male reader has already decided oh yeah i totally relate to this young guy who owns a giant house with 365 rooms and 40 52 because <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: i want uh, to be
2: that right um yeah i feel like it would have been a different book right right mm-hmm. like if um if it was a woman going through her life and then become a man in this time period be like oh wow Things are so much easier. I'm just going to go do what I want to do. That's a boring book, right. isn't it? Like,
0: like, <laughs> oh, man, my life is so hard. I'm a woman. They want me to get married. I have no real control over my own economic de- destiny. Oh, no, I'm a man. All of that
1: immediately changes and everything is fine. <laughs> I do what I want. <laughs> I do what I want. Well, the, you know, you could have had like a more freeing thing. Like, oh, look at all these things. Maybe I'll change it for good. My yeah. time as a woman was terrible. Maybe I should do something to change that, you know? And and oh. to be fair, she still
2: had a it, a pretty freeing life as a woman. But she I did. think that that also goes
1: with class, class, mm-hmm. and yeah, the money, and you know what I mean. Uh, oh, she money. had the money. I mean, it took a while to get it back, but she had the money, right? Yes.
2: But like even, I can't remember, it was like a ridiculously long time for that lawsuit to go through. Wasn't Mm -hmm. it like a hundred years or something? Oh my God. Um, And she was still living very well, even on whatever allowance they were giving her. Um, Mm -hmm. But I did find it interesting that through all of this, no one really batted an eye at Orlando coming back as a woman. You know, like, right? she just kind of shows back up and they're like, oh, there's Orlando. I always knew there was something <laughs> about you that yeah. I liked. Right, yeah, when she goes back to the house and the housekeeper <laughs> is just like, oh, it's so nice to have a woman around the house. Yeah. And I just, I knew there was something there. And um, so I think that was an interesting take. Is is, is, what, is that realistic?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No, but I think, you know, again, going with like the love letter yeah. feel and you know, the acceptance. Satire isn't realistic.
0: Yeah, that's I, I think like a, good satire comparison of this and i hate this satire so like i, I don't i like this one more than i like candide
1: mm. I hate candide.
0: um but it does sort of so it trips a long time random things happen just because they need to happen just to make a point um i just don't care much about voltaire's point as much as i care about virginia wool's point mm-hmm. that's really the big difference
1: I mean, that's fair, right? Like, it's a man's point of view and a woman's point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, the woman has a lot more to say. So, <laughs> or at least we think so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, God, 300 years is a really long time. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And he only, he only ages up to, he goes up to, what, 36 in those yeah. 300 years. Mm-hmm. And all the time, like, he, he, I don't know, to me, he seems like a city boy, right? When you first meet him, mm-hmm. he was very much involved in society. Oh, totally. Hanging um, out with prostitutes. You yeah. Know, like, just, like, yeah. living it up. Yeah. <laughs> the young like, buck, like. Going to all these parties and things. Like, he just <laughs> reminds me of a city boy. But then, like, he goes off into nature, like, in his garden for God knows how long. Uh, he spends right. all that time with the gypsies, that's a huge transformative time. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then she's out at sea, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so is why do you suppose he ended up in nature so much for being like a city boy? Yeah.
2: Well, I think both when he was a man and a woman, that country house was kind of his... What's the word? Stake in the ground. It's like yeah, uh, like it's permanency, permanency, yeah, permanency? yeah, yeah permanency. For a time. Um, that's his slash her place, right? And and with everything changing all the time, like we're seeing all of these changes in society, nature is the one, like permanent, not changing. What is the word I'm looking for? But you know, like the yeah, it's non-liminal.
0: It's not it. Even as society changes, as ages. As come literally ages come and go, right? Like, yeah. like 18th century dies in this book, mm-hmm. literally. Um, as that happens, nature is always constant. Yes, right. Like constant, the, the, the yeah. gypsies, <clears throat> the gypsies. Right. Like she's talking about how old her family is, and the gypsies are like, "Oh, honey, just a hundred years. No, four or five hundred years. <laughs> that's, that's so that's cute. cute. <laughs> You're cute, adorable. We won't hold that against you. We you built know. pyramids, right? Nbd." <laughs>
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, and so I think that puts things into perspective, it does. like nature puts things into perspective and,
0: and when she's a woman, like she almost goes straight
2: from as soon as she becomes a woman to being in nature, right, it, like she pretty much becomes a woman and then goes off with the gypsies for however right. long,
0: but that right. first transition she doesn't she can wear what she wants she's yes. she's free of society's it's like the truest form of a woman mm-hmm. because it's a woman free from societal norms mm-hmm. and i think you need that time period because then you get to go back into society and then
2: you have orlando questioning everything right about that society because she yeah she goes from that time in nature and then yeah, onto the boat like Susan was saying, and she's having to wear all of these constricting clothes. And like at one point, she accidentally like shows her ankle, and the seaman almost <laughs> falls off the mast <laughs> yeah. because he's like, oh, an yeah. ankle. And and then <laughs> she, that's when she starts realizing, oh wow, I guess being a woman is different. <laughs> really, there are some things I never thought of when I was a man that yeah. a woman has to deal with.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah, an ankle,
1: ankle. Really, mm-hmm. that ankle
0: scandalous.
1: Yeah. causing trouble on that ship.
0: <laughs> but I like how Virginia Woolf uses nature also to describe uh, sort of the feel of the time period. Sunlight plays a major part in this book. Um, when the Victorian age comes in, it gets all damp. The damp starts to rot. I really, the ivy yeah.
2: constricts. Like, it's so...
0: Everything physical. starts
2: crumbling. Like that That whole passage talking about the dampness seeping in, it was, I, I really liked that. And it must be how
0: Wolf really felt about mm-hmm. the rules and regulations she was under in that time period. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it is very like gut feel. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the oak tree was like the one thing <laughs> oh.
0: that. God, again, another God. study. Um yeah. It changes right, right? It, it, it grows the poem and the oak tree itself mm-hmm, both mm-hmm. changes throughout the but story but it's still constant as but it's a really is. constant yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. art is yep. a constant for yes. Virginia
0: Woolf and yeah. I think that that's very clear through the poem
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I mean the book from what I from what I read the book ends when the book this book was actually published
0: Right, yeah, she it's interesting. Does, so right. funny, yeah.
1: yeah. It's like, whoa, I see what you did there, Ms. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky, yeah. You know, you know, um. So, well, let's because nature kind of did play a huge part because I feel like she did a lot of contemplation. It's like contemplation yes. and nature for her, right? Oh yeah. Um, but then she kind of learns things from certain characters in the book um which we meet a handful i mean she lived 300 years like yeah people were coming Um, and going yeah but like a handful of people were mentioned um so did you have a favorite like side character lover friend or one you found super interesting i really enjoyed the
2: like the poet nathan right nathan Green. green yeah and and he was one of the people, there was a few of them that like also lived apparently for long, long time, which wasn't really explained, but I guess goes along with the satire. There are always critics, man. Right. Mm -hmm. The critics never die. The critics never die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I just like those parts made me chuckle when Orlando was still a man in the beginning and had him had Nathan come and live with them because he wanted to be with the artists and wanted to learn more about the art. And, uh, Nathaniel is just sitting there bemoaning the fact that like Mm -hmm. Shakespeare and his contemporaries are ruining literature. They're like the worst, you know, it was so much better with whoever came before them. And, um, and then when, Orlando is, you know, a woman much later on in life, they meet again, and he's bemoaning the fact, oh, these new people are terrible. If only we had Shakespeare back. That was the pinnacle of our literature. And it just, it <laughs>
0: I, it's I, how critics feel. Yeah. Critics feel like anything new, you know, or, yeah. uh, you know, you know, they just, oh, no, you're, you're harming the art. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And Not I all just, critics, right. I feel like that's that's inaccurate. But you know what I mean. That's her point. That's what yeah. she's
2: trying to get across. Exactly. And it was funny. It, it, it <laughs> was great. That definitely made me chuckle. Yeah. Yep.
1: So I did enjoy um I cannot remember his name, but her husband, the man she married. Shell. We'll yeah. just call him Shell. That's yeah. the easiest. Ma or Ma, Ma right? That's why. Madu. Ma Madu. Yeah. <laughs> um, because like they found a kindred spirit in each other. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. he's more girly. She's right. more manly. Right. Yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Cause like, that's, you just find somebody that you mesh with and that's how you love. Like yeah. that just me, gets you. Yeah. It's like not about gender. Mm-hmm. No, it's about the person, which mm-hmm. I think this is why I like it so much. Um And, you know, he's always off sailing and stuff and she's doing her own thing. But like, you know, she's always looking forward to seeing him. Um Always sending letters. Yeah. 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 Um, so I found I liked him. I liked that part because it's like, e- even in the twenties, she gets it. The Wolf gets it. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who cares, right? Okay. <laughs> if you love somebody, you love somebody. You love them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, that was yeah. that that part I liked. Um, so this is a kind of I I kind of want to touch on time. We touched on time, <laughs> mm-hmm. like. Why is it three hundred years? <laughs> um, did that passing of time bother you? Because the, the biographer even says, like, "Oh yeah, like while the, while she was thinking this, like time moved on behind you know behind mm-hmm. her and mm-hmm. things like that." And it's like, yeah, that seems kind of inconsistent. Why is she living three hundred years? And you know, uh, yeah, so. I mean, I guess some of that goes with satire. It does, yeah. Um, But I agree. It was, at times,
2: it was very hard to follow. Mm -hmm. And again, actually, you know, it's a little bit like the city in the middle of the night, where I'm like, I just want to know how much time has passed.
1: (laughs) Yes. What,
2: like, (laughs) how much time are we talking about here? Like, yeah, you were sitting in your house for 5, 10, 15, 100. Like, how many years are we talking about? How long were you with the gypsies? Mm -hmm. Like. You were in Constantinople as an ambassador, but then you came, it seemed like a lot of time passed, but then you came back and your housekeeper was still there. But again, is that just someone who apparently also lives hundreds of years? I don't Mm -hmm. know. (laughs) Um, So for me, maybe it's like my kind of controlling side of things where like, I want to know. You know what? I'd really love the
0: idea that the housekeepers actually, it's like her great, great grandmother child but like Aww. they teach them like when when orlando comes back you have to pretend you're me like 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 like, like yes. there must be a consistency like the, the upper replacement not know like
1: <laughs> like the replacement guinea pig like you don't tell your kid the guinea pig died
0: but like absolutely nothing in the book supports this i just think it'd be funny <laughs> so, well do um, we, go ahead uh, no, I think a lot, I think Mary's right. I think a lot of it is satire. You know, I, I mentioned Candide before, but Candide's another good one where time is just an instrument to get people from point A to point B to make a specific point. Um, it does seem to me that even though her life ends at 36 or the book ends at 36, yeah. it's confusing. Um, and it goes over 300 years um, that it goes through a full lifetime She's 36 when it ends, but to me, that feels like an ending of a life where her past and her present self merge, um, that she, it mm-hmm. just seems like a big fulfillment of the highest ideals of self
2: actualization. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, at the end, she's yeah. like, I'm not just a man or a woman. Like, mm-hmm. or I think the biographer states it like, yeah, she was a multitude
0: of selves yeah. and that yeah. she accepted all selves, Right. Mm-hmm. And to me, whether purposely or not, that seems like an end of a life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Either that, or like just the acceptance of truth as being the beginning of one's true life. It 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 just seemed
1: very like higher ideal. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So one thing, because I I actually like like both those (laughs) um thoughts about the time passing. Um. But I also did find kind of what um scholars there we go uh took was um they learned that she was kind of making a point of how time shows how um certain events feel like you know how when you're super bored and you have nothing to do time just like just drags but then when mm-hmm. you're doing something fun and exciting like it goes by in a blink of an eye yeah um, mm-hmm. that's kind of what she was going for um pulled this, which I thought was interesting. Um, quote, sitting through a boring lecture seems to take hours while a good meal of the same length is over in a few seconds. Wolf is exploring this on a larger scale in Orlando to her time spent thinking is long while time spent doing is short. Mm. Mm. Um, And, like, that is so true because I'm, like, I'm listening to it and it just feels like, oh, my God, okay, she's thinking this and she's thinking that. But then, like, when it gets really interesting, I'm, like, it goes by so quickly. (laughs) I'm, like, involved and I'm just, like, listening to it and then it, like, goes back to her, like, some other thing is pondering her soul. So, she's, like, thinking on it. (laughs) I do like how characters call
0: her out on it. So, it clearly is a point to be made in the books, mm-hmm. but like the gypsies
2: call her out on it. Like, like, like stop like sitting or like staring at the sky yes. and go do something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what are you doing? You're not working. <laughs> right? Yeah. like You're not doing anything useful. All you do is just sit there. So I thought that was fascinating. And like, I think Wolf does a good job trying to portray that, but man, was it hard to listen to sometimes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take, Take your time with this.
1: <laughs> yeah for Russia sure classic. <laughs> so that's which brings cool. me to the last question did you like it and would you recommend it hmm. yeah
2: that's a tough one mm-hmm. I with the discussion we've had and like thinking back on it I would have liked it more if I had taken time like I've been saying a million times now um, so would I recommend it I don't know if I would. Just like, who would I recommend this to?
0: So satires are a specific genre, yeah. right? So I think if I was talking to one of my English major friends and they were like, <laughs> you know, I, I just read a bunch of, I just read a D.H. Lawrence novel and I'm looking for something more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd be like, oh, cool. Well, I've got, have you read Orlando by Virginia Woolf? It's a satire about like stodgy biographers and it's beautifully written and it, it's it's sort of weird and funny and fantastical. So like to the right person, yeah.
2: absolutely. But I feel like that is a very Narrow window, of oh, but yes. I would recommend like yeah. like
0: if I were to meet somebody who this is their interest, mm-hmm. I would recommend this. Yes. But um, I would
2: not widely
0: recommend it. I, guess. I right. yeah, I, I yeah. don't think that I, I for a satire mm-hmm. as gender bending and as crazy as this is, I think because the bi- biographer thing has sort of lost its mm-hmm. like that has gone out of time mm-hmm. for us yeah it's hard to understand that being said i think the concepts in the book that's true are so interesting so maybe also people who are interested in, in that
2: concept in, yeah, yeah, yeah. In,
0: in the history of i mean oh handsome jack
2: mm-hmm. or gentleman
0: jack gentleman that's what the jack. gentleman yeah. jack has become so popular yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. that which is a great show by the way if you aren't watching it watch it um yeah. back became so popular that I, I think there is sort of a uplift. That's true for this kind of information, this kind of stories
1: from this right. time period.
0: So I, I think there is probably a audience. I would recommend this to. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's not a hate. It's not like it's this is the worst book ever. Nobody read it. Right. 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 <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. Um, no,
0: I like it. Just you have yeah. to want this sort of story. Yeah. Yes. And then I would, re- I'd happily recommend this sort of story yes, to you for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, you have um, to know the person. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like I would not recommend Candide. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's super important, an important piece of literature. Blah 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 blah. I hate it. I would not recommend it. Just read it in school,
2: basically. Yeah, read
1: yeah. it because you gotta. Don't yeah. Read...
2: <laughs> yeah. Don't
1: read it in your free time. But this this would be
2: good to read with, like, a friend or something, oh, where sure. you read it in chunks and discuss it. I, I, oh, I, yeah. I mean,
0: Classics yes. need to be discussed. Things like yeah. the high mm-hmm. concept books like yeah. this need to be discussed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think this would have been good if we took like two weeks a chapter. Mm, yeah, because right. they're very
2: long chapters. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like two weeks a chapter, I think, would have been like the best way to do it. You yeah. Know?
2: And yeah, that's true because I was mentioning it to Tara last night when we were talking about it. I was like, I kind of wish I had read this in school where we would have broken it down into smaller right. bits and like really dug into it mm-hmm. because the concepts are super interesting. They are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that biographer. It's it's that stodgy biographer. It's all his fault. <laughs> <laughs> so well our next book is definitely the not stodgy biographer. No. Yeah. Um this is you know, another huge one eighty. Um it is The Tenth Girl by Sarah Faring. Yes. Um and that's your pick, Tara.
0: It is my pick. It's a uh <laughs> Thriller, psychological, a little bit horror, YA. It's not going to be crazy horror, but like, right? It's about an Ar- Argentinian haunted mansion and a family curse and a twist you never see coming. Mm. And I don't, I'm excited for something yeah. a little bit, yeah. a little bit on the lighter side.
1: I, I don't know. It's kind of scary.
0: <laughs> Maybe a faster
1: read. Yeah. yeah faster read. <laughs>
0: So if you're interested in any of the books, or articles we've talked about today, you can find them at our show notes at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash um, 71. You can find ER podcast on Goodreads, Litzy and Instagram um, at Eclectic Readers and then at Twitter at Eclectic Read Pod. Girls, where can they find you?
1: Well, people can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, Litzy at Dudi That's R U R I underscore K I K A I C H O U. And you can find me on
2: Instagram, Twitter, Litzy, and Goodreads under Mayor the Book Gal, M E R E T H E B O O K G A L. And you can find me at Goodreads and Twitter.
0: Uh, cause I've just totally given up on let's see. Yeah. <laughs> at my name, Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. And don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcaster, podcatcher. <laughs> uh, so you never miss an episode and to rate and review us on Apple podcasts because that's how other bookish people find us. So guys, let's shelve this until next month. Bye. Bye. Bye.